Welcome to the Nico Stunt Podcast featuring my guest, Kieran, from my school. Say hello, Kieran. How are you guys? Um, what was the topic that we decided to do for today? We decided to reach out um, on our respective Instagrams to our uh, followers and do a little Q&A. Yes. Um, so we each, I'm assuming we you did it too on your um, Instagram stories. We asked for a Q&A. Yes. Um, and now we answer the responses. All right. So um, my first question that I got was, what's the best flavor of ramen? Um, my The one that I... Like my go-to um, is the um, Shin Black Ramen, hmm. um, and you know we stocked up on that before uh, this whole quarantine started. But yeah, that's, that's my good. go-to. Um, I've tried like the like like the one from the Spicy Ramen Challenge, but I, I think like on like an enjoyable level, I go with that with the Shin Black uh, Ramen. What about you? Um, I can't say myself that I am some sort of like ramen connoisseur. But I feel like in order to break down this question to get what's the best ramen flavor, you have to understand what's the best ramen type first. So what do you think yeah. is the best ramen type? Um, if we're talking like like packaged ramen. Yeah, I like think brand. Oh, brand? Yeah, something like that. Ooh. I, don't, I think, um, I don't know if Green Black is a brand, but um, I used to really, I used to eat cup noodles a lot. Um hmm. Like in middle school and freshman yeah, year, makes sense. Um, yeah, but I mean, going into tech, I I got a lot of new perspectives on the ramen game, shall we say? Uh-huh. So um, that's a big suggestion that led me to where I am now in my ramen experience, shall we say? That's pretty interesting. Um, I stick with the classic Maruchan ramen most of the time, and um, my favorite flavor of Maruchan ramen has to be the. Uh, Creamy chicken flavor or the mushroom flavor, randomly? Yeah. I think the one I do, Shin Black, is like chili. It's like it's like spicy chicken and something like that. That's pretty interesting. Yeah. It's like, it's spicier than like cup noodles. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's my go Interesting. So, like, I feel like I like creamy chicken and mushroom more. Because every because it was basically my grandma who made those for us, and you know, the flavor that you would get from my grandma's cooking was like, she managed to make steak juicy somehow. I I, I don't know, like not juicy, but not like rare. If that makes sense, I right. I don't know how. Yeah. yeah, I mean, if we're talking like nostalgic, like. <laughs> comfort food like that i've been like during quarantine i've been getting into or re getting into um those annie's uh, mac and cheese like microwavable uh, what microwavable mac and cheese huh. and we bought a bunch of those too and i've been get i've been having those for lunch recently it's bringing me back to like elementary school ah. i just like get home and make that good vibes good vibes um, um so yeah, those are probably my favorite ramen flavors. The most classic one for me, at least, is just the normal chicken flavor from Marcha yeah. Ramen. Yeah, definitely. It's just the one everyone. That's just that's just the go-to. If you get um, yeah the specials are the creamy chicken and mushroom for me. You keep like the like flaked, like the dried vegetables in it, like when you make it. 
Hmm. I, I was having this debate with my friend. I don't. I don't like the, the vegetables in them. Ah, I don't know. Wait. I don't know. Interesting. Um... I don't really like having vegetables in my food, unless the vegetables are a key part of it. Right, fair enough. Probably not the best in terms of, you know, health, but whatever. I like taste. <laughs> fair enough. Um... Do you have another um, one of those light ones? Um, well, one of my friends, whose Discord tag is Atello asked us to do a story time, so want to just tell one life story about yourself? Uh, uh, I'm trying to think. Um, about anything? Yes, about anything. Just absolutely random. They literally typed story time in the Instagram question, so <laughs> interpret that as you wish. <laughs> uh, uh, think about this. Everyone, they can go first. And oh, you want me to go first? Yeah, I, I was blindsiding. <laughs> All right, then. So this is a story from freshman year of high school. This is probably one of the since um this is probably one of the more negative stories in my life, and it was about and this was when I was walking home to the train station, and um you know, it wasn't. It, di it didn't go as planned, to say the least, so... F first, it was just me and my friend Chad. Um, who I had on the podcast not too long ago. Um, me and him were walking to the Atlantic Avenue train station to uh, catch the uh, 5 train, I think it was. Because we didn't discover the B train yet. <laughs> so, so, um... Yeah. Um... We were walking to. We were crossing across. Um, I forget what it's called. Is it Fulton Street? Right, right outside of the school. In near Rockies. Yeah, near the delis. Yeah, yeah, Um, and then we were crossing pretty much brainlessly, and we nearly got ran over by a freaking bus. Right, and then, you know, yeah. that almost ha that sucked. Obviously, then as we got past that first, you know mess up we decide we didn't have a brain click it's like this is probably not a good idea no what, what we did do is we continued on our path <laughs> we ignored the first signal not to continue on this path right? right and as we're walking up there's a group of like 40 something kids all from the same dumbass school george westinghouse right yeah and, and um you know we're just walking Kind of not really paying attention to our surroundings, because, you know, you know, freshmen. Yeah. And, um, we get fucking jumped by all these people. <laughs> my friend... My story is this, too, kind of. We get jumped by these freaking dumbasses. Yeah. Like, some of them are 17, big, and it's like, okay. I got approached by, like, four people, but three of them being taller than me and definitely stronger than me. So... Yeah. Uh, my friend Chad took the brunt of the attention, but like, there's four people there. You're gonna gotta try to take my like four year old phone, 
Go ahead, take it. I mean, whatever. I don't feel like getting punched or getting injured because of a goddamn brick. But my friend was not so lucky. He tried to resist a little bit, and uh, he got punched in the face. Yeah. I lost my phone, but because his phone was so goddamn terrible, he got it back. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they gave it back to him later. But the guy who got my phone ran off. <laughs> No, it, it, it does suck. It did, it did suck. Yeah. But mine kind of... I guess mine kind of has to do with getting jumped, but it's not as, like, severe. So I was with... So, like, at, at, at our school... Yeah. Um, like, if you're in... Um, if you're in a, in a band, or, like, in really any arts class, that's not, like, like mandatory. Like yeah. Band or course or whatever. You have to oh, go wait. To the play. I never asked you what's your major. <laughs> Finance. Finance? Yeah, yeah. Have you so, met Ryan? So, uh, no, I've not. Interesting. Um, so yeah, so if you're in a band class um, at our school, you have to go to the play. Um, it's like mandatory, and you have to like write an essay on it, or, like a critique afterward. Yeah. Um, and that's a whole another issue I have. But um, I guess my story was so like play. So Friday, it's on a Friday usually. Um, so it school ends at like three thirty, and yes. usually me and my friends go to me and my band friends go to like Shake Shack or something. So we went to Shake Shack. Yeah. Um, we and then we were heading back at like five thirty six maybe. Um, um, like along like Atlantic, like Atlantic, um, like through the mall kind of. Yes. And. Um, you know that, like, little plaza in front of, like, the entrance of the mall? Yes, that's um, where, that's where we got jumped, too. <laughs> so, it was, I think this might, have, this might happen to other kids who go to our school, and there was, like, this, we were walking back, there was, like, three of us, and we, um, yeah, so we were walking back, and we were in that, like, little plaza thing, because we were going to go to Guitar Center really yeah. quick, um, in, inside the mall to hang out, um, and we were going to, we were walking through, and then these, like, this group of, like, Five or six, like huge, like grown men, like just like kind of stop us. And at first, they were like, oh. they were they were asking like, oh, they're just like selling like airheads or something, like the you know. Yeah. And so we we stopped because like we didn't want to be, or we said no, 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 we said no, thank you. Um, first, and then they like get in our way and like kind of like surround us, oh. and you know they're physically being dudes, so we um. We're like no, we, we we say no again, and then they're like, oh, it's for my they one of the, like the, the the guy who's holding the box is like, oh, but it's for my it's for my daughter's volleyball team. But I mean, I feel like I've so read into I that did. guy before. Oh, I, I, it's a, I mean, okay, but I don't have any money on me, and then, um, and then they like 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 put their hands on us, not oh. like like not grabbing us, but they just like push us a little, and they're like, no, I think you want to buy some. And then I was like, all right, how much? And then we were like, yeah, how much? And then they're like, two for four. And I thought they meant $2 for four of the like, little airheads. Oh, the no. Airheads two of the airheads for four bucks. <laughs> you definitely want to buy something, though. So we got, and I was like, can I get one for two? And they're like, no, we don't do that. I was trying to get away with losing as little as possible, so we we forked over the four dollars and went on our way. That's freaking dumb. 
was yo like, yeah that was it was it was an interesting um experience that and is interesting um you know to lead it to our next two political questions imagine if we had an economy that like helped people like, just imagine if we had an economy that prioritized people rather than international corporations. Like, that would be incredible. Yeah. <laughs> but, Is that the question? No, that, that's not the that's not a oh, question. Okay. Yeah. That was a that was a hypothetical based on two of them. Um. So yeah, now it's, now you can ask the questions you got. Okay. Um. So my friend, um, John, uh, let me find it. Shout out yeah. Magic Man. Yep, Ma- president of Magic Club. Yep. Uh, <laughs> Magic Man, as I like to call him. He was in my English class freshman year. <laughs> he's been in my band class, like, all four years, and I've had, uh, uh, oh, three, two and a half. Yeah, two and um, a half. <laughs> and, uh, he, yeah, so he, he's really magic. Right, so... Yeah. Magic. Uh, does the uh, Bernie Bros. Bernie's um, for Biden's stance uh, guarantee a win for Trump um, in the general? Um, so, hmm. I like this question. Yeah, I, I think, think that's I a fun question. A pretty relevant one too. I think. I think if it if it pans out like. Um, you know, if, if that does happen and there's, like, a, a healthy amount of um, left-leaning people who vote for or who don't vote um, because of not never Biden, I think there's a – it definitely – I mean, it's not good for – I mean, it'll benefit Trump. I don't know if it guarantees it. No, it doesn't. Um, but when viewing it that where it doesn't help uh, Trump. Um, it definitely doesn't help that Bernie Bro City guy definitely doesn't help Biden. But it's definitely it's gonna come down generally to if the suburbs turn out for Biden or if the suburbs turn out for Trump. If the suburbs turn out for Trump, then they're going then the Biden's going to lose like worse than Hillary, guaranteed. If if the suburbs turn out for Biden, then it becomes a decent race where probably the key swing state is Arizona. Um, if it's 50-50, then those left-wing votes matter. And because you picked Biden, dumbass Democrats, you're not going to get them. But, um, it's definitely going to come down to those suburban voters because those are, those are important. Those are the important vote swing votes in swing states because electoral politics is stupid. I guess it would just be, yeah, I mean, I agree. Like the suburban is, is, you know, going to decide it. Yes. Um, I think. I mean, I'm I'm pretty much in agreement with you. I mean, yeah. It it does depend on, like on how the how the votes are going to turn out. Yep. Um. Especially in, in the swing state, the big ones. Like, yes. You know, your Arizona, your Michigan, um, Wisconsin, Ohio, etc. Yeah. Um. I'm, I mean, I don't know where are most of the Bernie supporters from. Are they just from suburbs and stuff? Um, Bernie supporters are mostly cities because that's kind of the coalition he was trying to build. The only problem is he couldn't get the African-American vote in cities because Obama is, like, too 
big of a figure in those in those areas. But um, I'll I'll give you an election day cheat sheet right now. All right, you can determine how the election is going to turn out by the state of Virginia. If Virginia is overwhelmingly blue, Biden's probably going to win. If Virginia is too close to call as poll closings, then Trump's probably going to win, guaranteed. I'll tell you that right now because Virginia is decided by suburban voters. If Trump is winning suburban voters by any number, Biden's in for a rough night. If Biden is winning those suburban voters by a decent margin, Trump's in for a rough night, guaranteed. Yeah. I don't know. Um, what I was I was going to say, like, if, if we're saying that Biden, like a majority of this, these never Biden um, Bernie supporters are in the cities, I don't think, like, I mean, cities are pretty much always going to turn out blue anyway. Um, pretty much, yeah, pretty much all cities. But the thing so, is, you don't, you're not getting the turnout numbers from there, those areas that would counteract the rural turnout oh, that Trump will get, definitely. Yeah, that's true. Which means you need that suburban vote to, in order to get over the edge. If Trump wins the suburban vote, then it's, it's done. Trump's going to win. So if you're saying, well, so I mean, if you're saying that if Trump wins, you know, suburban, then it would matter, you know, the never Biden. Do you think if yeah, Trump like it, even if the never Biden Bernie supporters held their nose again, um, after Trump, Trump four years after beating Hillary. It wouldn't matter. It it honestly just comes down to suburban voters. Like the left will help win, increase the popular vote margin, make it look more convincing. But in the swing states, they're not a big. In the swing states, um, the never Bernie, the never uh, Biden Bernie supporters won't make enough of a difference compared to suburban voters. Which is the calculation that the Biden campaign is making. However, I think it's a kind of a poor calculation because suburban voters have been consistently Republican in presidential politics for a long time. They're basically banking on what happened in the 2018 blue wave to continue, which is, I don't think that's a strong strategy. But if it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. Do you think that, um, like, do you think that it'll... Do you think that Bernie supporters will, will like follow the, the Never Biden track, or do you think they'll vote for him just you know just to get Trump out, um, like on that basis? Um, if I were to be one hundred percent honest with you, I said this in my uh, last Thursday podcast. I feel like Trump winning another four years has a more has less of a negative impact than Bi- than a Biden win this year. So I I personally would probably. I personally view Trump as the lesser of two evils because four years versus eight years plus the next Republican probably gets eight years. So that's 16 years of pure policy and um, corporate uh, control. Um, but if we if the Democrats lose in 2020 again, it kind of destroys their like whole, oh, we need to be more centrist in order to win because they picked the most conservative Democrat they could find that's not named Joe Manchin in order to run and they lost again to Trump in a in a in a economic recession with a pandemic. Yeah. And like. Yeah. I. There's no way to recover from that. That pretty much guarantees a progressive wins in 2024. If not a progressive, then at least a left wing Democrat. And if we get a left wing Democrat, we might actually get some real change done. Yeah. 
If we get a progressive, we might actually get actual change done. I mean, do you think Bernie would run again? Bernie definitely is not going to run again. It would be a disservice to his movement to run again. Yeah, he needs to let the torch go. But who who would you who would you who do you think will take that short torch from him? Come from Um, if AOC decides to run for president, which I kind of don't think so. I think she wants. She would rather become. I think she'd rather stay in her district, if not her district, her state first. Um, I think she'd rather primary Chuck Schumer than run for president at this point. And I, even if even if she right. did, I don't. I think Republicans have such an animosity for her, and a lot of independents have such an animosity for her that she wouldn't even be able to win in a national election like that. Yeah. Um, Do you like? Um, I personally Yang. like. I don't like. I Yang. Yang is an interesting character. I don't think that he is a presidential character. I think his voice on UBI is very important to the national discussion. I don't think he's a president. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, I agree with that. Like, he was, he, I think he deserves a spot in the cabinet, definitely, because his oh yeah. his policies are solid in what they're designed to do. But what I disagree is having him be executive of the country. I don't think that having him as an executive is the right thing. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, I see that. Especially with no executive experience oh. aside from running a small nonprofit. Yeah, I liked his... I think I liked him. I, I, was, I liked him the most when he was in. Like, when everybody was still in, I liked him. Yeah. Probably the most out of the Democrats. Um, yeah, that makes sense. Like, yeah. I, I saw a lot of support from Yang inside the school because he's definitely a very interesting and different character. And he... Yeah. Definitely it's, doesn't just fall into one of the molds of like oh left wing versus right wing. He's more of like a futurist libertarian that ran the Democratic Party. It was good. It was good to see like a change. Yeah, it was good to see someone thinking like oh future sight or like foresight of yeah, certain I like issues. That. The, 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 you know the automation. Um, yeah, Yang was one of my top three candidates for a while. It was Yang, yeah. it was um, Bernie, Yang, and then Tulsi Gabbard. Yeah, I, I do see, like, he did have moments, I wouldn't say of immaturity on the on the campaign trail, but definitely some things where you're, like, questioning, like, is that, you know, like, it's like a time and a place for, you know, certain things. Yeah, like uh, spraying yeah. Uh, whipped cream into a supporter's mouth is not exactly the most presidential thing. Yeah, did like, you see, like... Like one of his like campaign staffers behind him was like freaking out. Yeah. Was, like, <laughs> was, like, oh, I saw the video first and I was like, maybe no. I was so confused. And then, but that was, it was, it was weird because that was like just when he was like gaining momentum. He had like a good debate. Um, like, um a couple weeks before that, he never actually he crossed five percent nationally, from what I saw. I followed polling yeah. quite a bit back then, and um, I I don't think. Yeah. He was not really surging, but he was gaining not in a kind of what is it? He was gaining a sort of national clout, if that makes sense. Yeah. But it's good that he like just like raised like awareness of what he was saying. And like yeah. a lot of people I mean even even I mean I know the stimulus checks aren't UBI, but like the fact that they, you know, contacted his team, Trump being you know that Trump, Trump's uh, White House contacted his team. It's 
uh, a, almost a good sign. It's just saying that it's being like raised to national, um, kind of uh, being. It's it's on the horizon. I yeah. Also, yeah. I feel like even in twenty twenty four, if Yang decides to run again, the um sort of. Like, America is well known for being not exactly the most kind to others. And after coronavirus, which has been marketed as, oh, Chinese virus, people are going to look at him and be like, oh, that's Asian. That's, like, bad. Not that I think that, obviously, but um, that Americans definitely do think that. Americans are freaking mm -hmm. dumb a lot of the time. And yeah. they will think that about an Asian. Um, overcoming that... It's same with running a Muslim, too. Same with, like... There's not... A lot of the good progressive candidates are, I guess... Like, Rashida Tlaib and Ilhan Omar, they're both, like, Muslim, which does not play well in, like, the rural areas because, you know, discrimination. Um, Rokan also is not a um, Christian... Which does play well in those areas. Bernie was a Jew. I'm not sure if that had any part of anything. But, like, there definitely yeah. are anti-Semitic sentiments in this country. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I've heard there were things saying, like, even, um, you know, 2016, like, Hillary Clinton being a woman was, like, kind of, uh, uh, it, it, it hurt her, you know, her, her votes in, you know, rural parts where, like, it's not seen as um yeah i think i think that's honestly pretty true because bernie lost a lot of the rural areas he won in 2016 and i don't think that was because like biden was such a good candidate i think it's just because biden was male and like rural voters want to have like a male leader there it's kind of how the culture is over there um like the male makes the bread and the female kind of keeps control keeps the house tidy those ideas still exist in america and they're most common in rural america um so um yeah i feel like trump versus biden will be an interesting one because it's basically obama's freaking mentally depraved shadow versus donald trump yeah and um we'll see who can win that one <laughs> Trump will. Do you think he'll like Biden? I mean, obviously he's been sticking with like the, you know, oh I I he was he's been he's been associating himself alongside Obama during the primaries. Yes. You know, because because Democrats love Obama. Mm -hmm. Um, but do you think he'll like keep that in the general? Given you know the votes that he needs aren't necessarily um, pro Obama votes. Um. He'll definitely he his independent support is weak, which is very that's that's obvious. His independent support is weak because Bernie won independence in all the open primaries pretty much. The only problem is is that they're banking on to sort of turn over Republican suburban vote in order to come in to win for Joe Biden. I feel like it could win a state like Arizona. I just don't see it winning anything anywhere else. Don't the the thing that Joe Biden needs to do is to win the, the Rust Belt. I don't see him winning North Carolina. That's not going to happen. 
He's not winning Georgia. That's not going to happen. He's not winning Florida. That's not going to happen. He's not winning Texas. That's not going to happen. He's not winning Kansas. He's not winning Maine's 2nd Congressional District. He's not winning Ohio. He's not winning Iowa. It comes down to Michigan, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin once again. Except this time with an expanded battlefield of Nevada and Arizona as well. Yeah, it'll be interesting to watch, especially. I think as this pandemic plays out, it'll definitely yeah turn some, you know, turn some votes. I think way. if tr- the main thing, the main weapon that Trump has that Bernie doesn't, is number one Fox News and number two his Twitter account. <laughs> like he is the news. He himself is just the news, and right. having that be having that as a weapon is incredibly new and i think it's underrated because yeah. you put you create the narrative as president which is some, why incumbent presidents win so much it's because they have the ability as the main figurehead for the united states to set the narrative of what's going on as well as use the exec the bureaucracy and probably some fishy ways in order to um, improve their chances which is something that Trump would definitely do, considering he's basically um, in, above the law at this point, because the Republicans won't won't um, remove him. Um, he'll definitely do some shady stuff with bureaucracy in order to improve his chances. He'll definitely use his Twitter account at maximum level to to uh, set the narrative. And Fox News, being the largest media ne- network in the United States, um, will definitely help him out in the general election. Yeah. Also, his ad team isn't tied down by the civilita politics of the Democratic Party like Bernie's ad team was. So, mm-hmm. Joe Biden will get crushed on ads. Freaking corn pop story will be played nonstop. The freaking hairy leg story will get played nonstop. Him just fading out of existence mentally will get played nonstop. Uh, this is going to be a tough election for Biden if he wins. Which is why on my Instagram I said Trump's best scenario is freaking 362 to 176. I mean, uh, Trump's yeah. best case scenario. Because he could just lose everything. Yeah. Like. Yeah. Yeah. Now that you're, you know, outlining it in greater, like not just the st- like not just the votes, but like the you know factors into it, like the campaigning and stuff. Yeah. Let's see. See what you're saying. Like it depends on whether mainstream media is as pro Biden as it is right now, like the MSNBC and CNN. It depends on whether they stay as pro Biden as they are now, as they were go as they were on during the Democratic primary, or if they just shift to become the MSNBC will be Russia, Russia, Russia all day. That's all they do. But the main the CNN will either will probably stick towards fa- favoring the Democrats, but it won't be so pro Biden as it was um, back in back in the Democratic primary. Um, so Trump will probably get some favorable coverage out of CNN. MSNBC is Democratic propaganda. Fox News is Republican propaganda. But the Republican propaganda is the biggest one. It was the biggest one. Media presence, Trump probably wins. De- Trump definitely wins because of his Twitter account basically being a n- news source. Yeah. Um, um, Trump wins on other external factors like being the fucking president and being the executive of the country that's very important for winning he probably will win on money because no one wants to donate to joe biden um he'll win he wins on enthusiasm from supporters 
His supporters will get out there and knock doors. I haven't seen any Biden supporters, at least online, that are talking about not going out and knocking on doors. Yeah, that's uh, true. I haven't heard of that. But yeah. Uh, the ground game is very important. Bernie, yeah. Bernie's ground game got him from 14% to nearly winning the thing. That was entirely Bernie's ground game. Yeah. But, you know, Obama shenanigans behind the scenes. Unluckily, God is, God is Joe Biden. Um. Yeah, like make his um. Who do you think will be his vice president? His vice president will be someone completely irresponsibly bad for the ticket. Someone like Kamal Harris or Amy Klobuchar. Yeah. Like he's not gonna reach out, put a leaf towards the left to try to get them to join in. He's going. He he's going to pick a conservative Democrat, and they're going to probably lose. I've heard people been saying or throwing um. Stacey Abrams out. Stacey Abrams is... I don't think Stacey Abrams has the qualifications to be the United States president, because Joe Biden is not lasting his first term. That's one. That's for fucking sure. Mm. He's barely lasted the primary. Four years? Four years as the president? Absolutely not. Oh, yeah. Um... Yeah. I think the swing states, the states that could flip, um, in Trump's best case scenario, I feel like he would win Colorado, New Mexico, Oregon, Nevada, the states he won in 2016, Minnesota, Virginia, um, New Hampshire, and Maine at large. Yeah. That would, that would get him to the 362. He's gonna struggle with the swing states. Yeah, because he has poor independent support, can't campaign, and is also mentally dying. It's a bad combination for running against an incumbent president who is extremely popular in his own party. Yeah. 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 Do you have any more uh, questions on your end? Um, I don't. Um, I have one question about why animals are cute. Um. But, uh, pretty objective. <laughs> yeah, um, because animals are cute. I mean, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I have another kind of political one. It's just, I guess, societal. Um, should right. I say it? Yeah, go. Um, I kind of wanted to finish what I was talking about, though. Um. Oh yeah, go ahead. I feel like Biden's best case scenario is two hundred ninety electoral votes. I don't see him winning with I don't see him winning um like any of the important swing states from twenty sixteen, aside from the ones that Trump surprisingly won in twenty sixteen. Plus Arizona. Mm-hmm. Um I feel like the best he can do is win those states Nebraska's second congressional district and Arizona from twenty sixteen. Um yeah. Biden's not going to crush Trump. Absolutely not. That's not going to happen. That, that's absolutely not going to happen. Trump might crush Biden in a historic way for modern politics, but that's that would be Trump's best case scenario. Yeah. I think the most likely scenario is Trump to like eighty four. Right. But yeah. Do you think? You, the, wait. Do you uh, think that the? Yeah. Um. I didn't hear what your question was to me. 
Or do you think that, you know, the pandemic will, or do you think there's any way that, like, the pandemic, whatever Trump does with it, or, like, the outcome is, do you think it'll affect Um, anything? I, th- I think that if the pandemic gets even more out of control than it already is, then it'll probably negatively affect Trump. But Biden is such a bad candidate that I don't think it really matters. It comes down to whether Trump's ads and media influence can reach the suburbs, or if Biden's existence can reach the suburbs. Mm-hmm. It comes down to whether Trump can effectively shift blame and use his media apparatus to change the minds of suburbanites versus Biden anything. Because Biden has no enthusiasm, no ground game, no media presence. And he he's basically just banking on um, I'm Obama's VP in in the general, and that's not gonna work. Unsurprisingly, it's not gonna work if Trump doesn't implode for some reason, which is why I think Trump's wins sixty percent of the time, Biden wins forty percent of the time. Yeah. So yeah, that was my final point on that uh, question. So no. The Bernie Bros will not guarantee Trump's winning, and the uh, Bernie Bros are probably not actually very important swing voters in this election. It comes down to suburbanites, honestly. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 I agree. All right. Um. All right. So, what's your next question? Uh, the only other one I have is um. In an ideal world, what is what's the best way to end this pandemic once and for all? Um, in an ideal world, a the best way to end this pandemic would be an um a no strings attacks vaccine. Yeah. Like, yeah, just something that makes you immune to the thing with no strings attached. Simple. Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah. I don't think it's <laughs> like what. Like the disease no longer exists. I mean, sure, I'm, I'm, but then you're gonna get COVID eighteen later. Might as well get a vaccine for it now. You know. Yeah, I agree. It's all fun and games um, after you kill COVID nineteen until COVID eighteen and seventeen come about to play. Please keep going, number one. <laughs> no, we're talking. It, it's a Dragon Ball Z reference. Oh. Because Android nineteen was weak compared to Android 17 and 18. It's all fun and games until COVID 18 and 17 come out at once. I mean, I was, if we're talking just the pandemic, then yeah, I agree. I think if we're talking about all the implications. I think like an easy, like a, another like no strings attached kind of thing would just be an economic kind of out, you know, given the true you know, the oil situation, and, I mean, stocks were, uh, rallying a bit over the last week, but that, that was kind of stopped yesterday. Because of negative oil shares. Negative oil futures. I, I, I've never seen anything like that before. I don't think it's ever happened before. How do you get negative futures? (laughs) I mean, mean, it's like, they don't have, they have so much, because nobody needs it. Like, airline, yeah, so... They they have they produce so much that they don't have anywhere to store it, so they just are they want to pay people essentially to get it off their hands. Yeah, because they don't know what to do with it. 
I don't think it's I. I don't remember the demand for oil. I never dropped this low. No, it hasn't. I know. Yeah. That I know there's t- been supply shortages, but you know, in the seventies, but. Um, yeah, that's because the Middle East was at war with itself, like always. Like super at war with itself. Yeah. Oh. Oh. No, but yeah. So I think an economic kind of uh, escape. Um, you know, to alleviate some of the um, um, the the downturn that's happened because the pandemic would also be um helpful. Yeah. Um, to know, you know, recover. I mean, getting people back to to work. Um, yeah. Um, shout out. People could go to work. Yeah, I I agree. To bring up Andrew Yang again, what other countries have been doing is yeah. implementing a universal basic income in order to for the pandemic in order to keep it people afloat and stuff. The U.S. said it could be like one thousand two hundred dollar check to survive three months. There you go. Oh, you're unemployed. Yeah. Too bad. <laughs> Where have they been doing that in Europe? Yeah, in Canada, in social democracies, which the U.S. is not. Right. The U.S. is a civil oligarchy, really. But you know, whatever. I've been seeing like Sweden is apparent. I think it's yeah. Sweden apparently hasn't been doing like social distancing stuff. Hmm. From what I've been seeing. That's interesting. Yeah, I think. Hmm. Yeah. That's odd. Um. But yeah, but like, I guess they're doing it for the economy. Um. But yeah, I think an economic. Um, you know, an economic boost plus the vaccine should should do it. Yeah, I think a bailout for working people and small businesses is definitely in order. Um, I don't yeah. think if I don't think big big business needs a bailout. Yeah, like I think uh, Congress just passed their uh, small business relief um, kind of thing, but it's definitely not. It just—it's another one of those temporary yeah, tem- stimuli. Yeah, I feel like if we were a social democracy or trying to be a social democracy at this point, we could use this opportunity to like nationalize a couple of industries that make sense to be nationalized. And yeah. Especially for since if we're trying to seriously deal with climate change, you could just nationalize the oil industry and just transform it into green a uh, green industry. But. Yeah. That's something I would do, but um, I'm not. Packages though that have been been you know been being put out aren't really. I mean, they're temporary fixes. You know, I don't think yeah. there is. You know, besides you know, extreme like bailouts and stuff like on that on that level. Yeah. There is no real. People are they're just trying to keep the stocks afloat. I think. Um, yeah, that's, that's Trump's plan because Trump, the media, for some reason, only cares about the stock market. Well, it's not for some reason; it's because they're paid to only care about the stock market and the unemployment rate. But um, you know, we're in my um, I'm playing a game of uh, Market Watch, like the, ah. like the fake, fake stocks, whatever. Yeah. Um, and like everybody is in the red. They're not, you know, like their percentage for today. Oh, I didn't, even ch- I didn't even check the Dow Jones today. Let me check the Dow Jones today. Oh, it's down another 600 points from yesterday. Awesome. It is oil. It is oil. 
I mean, it's. I think it's just over a dollar. I think it. I think it got back into the positives. Um, but I mean, it's still it, the volatility makes it so unpredictable that people are just gonna leave. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, I mean, it's, like we think they have the strongest economy in the world, and yet like anything happens and it breaks down. I think it's because a lot of it is built upon small business. I think so, it's. I think it's because a lot of it is freaking inflated due to um, stock buybacks and stuff. Yeah. I think the small business is going kind of put a, put a fork in it. Um, mm-hmm. Small business is getting beans and stock buybacks turning out to not be the best idea. Who would have guessed that considering they were illegal not too long ago. Um, and those two combining plus a lot humongous spike in unemployment makes for a pretty bad day for the stock market which is why i dropped ten thousand points in like two weeks yeah and it was back like it it dropped like it was back to where it was in like mid-march like a couple days ago Ah. it it bounced back fair i mean it was probably the the the, the stimuli probably um, yeah big big business stimuli because yeah um, the stock market is not a symbol of how uh, working people or normal people are doing. It's a symbol of how good businesses and rich people are doing. Um, the best example of this is um, as the unemployment is spiking to historic levels, um, the stock market is going up. There was a freaking... I remember this image on Twitter where it just said, like, unemployment reaches 16.3 million people. Then it's like Dow Jones has biggest gains since 1938. Yeah. I mean, those two should not work together. That, that I went into, you know, like the fake stock thing. Um, it was like a casino. It's like some kind of like casino thing based in Vegas, which is obviously, you know, one should hypothetically should be going down. So yep. they, on the news, they laid off like, um, and it was like 75% or like up, up more than 50% of their workers. Ah. And they still went up. Like the same, like the same, like the, the day after they still went up in, in, um, in their stock, which I thought was misleading. Yeah. Just looking at the um, I, I like, I feel like our economy has been pretty poor for very for quite a while. Because I predicted that our economic crash would be next year, but apparently it was this year, so that's fun. Yeah. I knew that there was something. I knew there was an absolutely atrocious financial event was about to happen. Um, I did. Um, it was extremely obvious. I I'm not a finance major. I haven't taken any economic class. It was just so obvious. And this economy is shitty. It's going to fail. Do you take? Wait, what? Do you ta- Are you gonna take econ in your major? Um, I'm pro. I don't think I'm gonna take macroeconomics. I think I'm gonna take AP Comparative Government. Yeah, that's the one AP that I wanted to take, but I couldn't take it. I don't. I think only LAS kids are allowed to take it. Hmm. Yeah, it's do definitely not. something I'm looking to do. Um, because. And, hearing like my macro teacher talking about it yeah um, 
being oh wanting to go into politics i feel like understanding how politics works elsewhere is more important than understanding how our economy which is built for rich people and it serves rich people serves rich people (laughs) yeah um you know yeah pretty much that's how i feel yeah i think a lot of people are feeling it yeah Um, especially economically yeah the fact that there's just so such such a spike in unemployment is incredible i believe unemployment numbers reached 26 million this monday yeah i was going i think it was like 10 million first couple of weeks no it was 10 million the first week of the pandemic then it was no it was 16 million the first week of the pandemic no i'm i'm getting it wrong it was 6 million first week 12 million next week 16 million next week and then right now it's 25 million i think let me check how does that pay for the oil though like i have i have family in um texas which is a big oil based state yes like there's there's the numbers that they're getting on the local news because of the oil like the you know just the local like um logistical like jobs on the oil fields are getting uh they're they're starting to just do massive layoffs because nobody wants oil anymore yeah the u.s now has 22 million unemployed as economy sinks yeah yeah how long do you think we'll be in uh how long do you think it'll last um we still haven't gotten completely out of the 2008 recession and then it's after effects. So this one will probably last, uh, I don't know, long. 22 million people losing their job is not going to go away randomly. Um, yeah, like, uh, that's what I have to say on this issue. It's, it's not, it's def, it's, it's bordering on a, between a recession and depression. I'm not sure exactly which one it is at this point. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I I can't tell in the middle of it whether it's a recession or depression. Depends on whether the government takes the necessary action needed. In most cases, they probably won't because our government is incompetent to the next level. But if they do, then it probably will just be a recession. However, I wouldn't be surprised if it became a depression because our government is incompetent to the next level. Which is not not fun for anybody because depressions suck, unsurprisingly, because they're fucking depressions. <laughs> and yeah, I don't think, I mean, I, don't, I can't see anybody, you know, besides corporations, on obviously, coming out of this well. Yeah. Um. Hey, uh, yeah. At least the banks It'll, didn't fail yet. Yeah. yeah. If the banks fail, oh boy. That's the, yeah. That is not good if the banks fail. Oh, yeah. uh, that would be What's pretty bad. Oh, it's on 23 right now. Huh? Right now, I just want to check. I didn't hear what you said exactly. 
the Dow Jones. I oh. want to see what it was on. Yeah, it's, it's on like 20, on 23k. Um, it was yeah. at 24k yesterday when it opened. Oil prices dropping into the negatives would probably create some uh, downward thing in, tech, in um the economy. Um, yeah. What what is? Not exactly. Our economy wasn't the strongest to begin with. This makes it even weaker. And if the mortgage bubble butt bursts, or the student loan debt bubble bursts, or the credit card debt bubble bursts, or other personal debt bubble bursts, then we're f effed to the nth degree. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's the banks. When the banks go at all domino effect into a if the banks go when I expected the banks to go which was 2021 oh boy that sounds terrible yeah because we still won't be out of the effects of the 2008 recession we still won't be out of the effects of this freaking recession that might just as spiral into a depression that no one can stop which would be absolutely terrible yeah um, absolutely atrocious. Like, for China, do you know how their economy, because they're, they're, I mean, I wouldn't say they're out of it, because there's been reports of second surges and stuff, but would you say, I don't know if you've looked into it, but do, do you I've know not looked in, I've not looked into the Chinese economy, no. I'm more into, I haven't, I'm more trying to focus on American stuff, because, you know, I live here. Oh, yeah, no. But, um, I have not seen what the Chinese economy has been looking like so far. I was just, I was just wondering, because, like, I think, obviously it's not the same economy, but, like, in terms of how, if it was, like, I guess I'd try to compare it to theirs, but I guess, retrospectively, it would still not be, um, the same. Yeah, it wouldn't. Um. Yeah, just not. We're just not in a good situation. That's that's all I gotta say. We're freaking screwed. I'm gonna be hyper screwed if the banks fail. Yeah. Um, looking at the luck we've had over the last, I don't know five decades, I wouldn't be surprised if we got super screwed anyway. Yeah. Yeah. There have been freaking three major recessions so far in the 2000s. The Y2K recession, the Great Recession, and the this recession, whatever it will be called. Yeah. The Corona crisis, I'll just call it. However, historians will probably name it something stupid, like the recession pression of nineteen of two thousand twenty, two thousand twenty one, part two, or the return, or some stupid garbage. If there's anything historians are good at, it's not naming things well. Yeah. 
kind of War of 18 to garbage. Yeah, or they just like, or they just like, make a name that just completely is incorrect or irrelevant to what actually happened. Yeah, i.e. the War of 1812. That, <laughs> that doesn't explain anything about it. <laughs> It's like, oh, it happened in 1812, even though that's not really true anyway. It really kind of started in 19, 1813 in terms of fighting, or at least major fighting. Yeah. And it accomplished nothing aside from killing Indians. <laughs> no borders changed aside from the fact that Indians were tricked. That's the only thing that happened from the war. Yeah. Um... Yeah. Another good another good example of historians being poor at naming things is the Seven Years War, otherwise known as the French and Indian War, otherwise known as the World World War Point Five, as I like to call it. <laughs> you could it basically was that. World yeah. War Part One. World War the prequel. Cause it, it it did encompass the the world. Why, why is it not called the World War? Because historians are bad at naming things. That's why. It's like how the World War One was supposed to be the Great War until it became World War One because World War Two happened because World War One's peace deal was fucking the worst thing. Like that that peace the Treaty of Versailles has to be the worst thing ever. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean. It's Kind of led to. I mean, it did lead to World War Two. Yes, the Treaty of Versailles has to be the worst international document of all time. Yeah. Like, I don't even know how it's possible to get a peace deal that bad. <sighs> Unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. Yeah. Speaking of World War One, um, have you watched the movie 1917? Oh, I want to. I've heard it. I've heard good things. It, it's. I, um, I watched it at my dad's house because of um, a m movie dealer. Um, and it's a really good movie. The cinematography it does as well, and the storytelling it does as well is good. It's don't they um, don't they try to make it look like one shot, like a like a one you know full shot? Yeah, they try to. Sometimes they have cuts though, but you know they basically try to make it one full shot. Yeah, that's the main reason why. I mean, besides the, you know the historical. Yeah. Um, I I I wanted to see it first. Um, cinematography. Yeah. Also, another thing I like about it is how it doesn't follow the traditional story that you would think a 1917 American movie would follow. Doesn't follow American soldiers battling the Germans in the trenches and doing that. No, it doesn't. I won't tell you what it does follow, but it doesn't follow that. I'll try to keep my spoilers to the minimum since you want to watch it. Um. No, yeah. Yeah, it's a sound movie. Yeah, World War One movies. Like, I don't, I don't know it. Yeah. I think. Cal no, Casablanca is World War Two. Oh, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, I don't have any more than one movies. Yeah. A load of movies, but. That's like because your, World War Two uh, was interesting, it, and mattered. 
World War One was just fifty million dead nothing, dead for nothing people. I mean, yeah. dumb. World War One's the worst war ever. <laughs> yeah. Look, it was so bad they needed to make a sequel. A good recent movie for World War Two is Jojo Rabbit. Hmm. I don't know if you've seen that, but, um, I have not seen it. That one. It's good. It got it was it was controversial because it depicted like Hitler and a like. It was like an imaginary friend kind of way. Oh. But um, so it was controversial for that in the media. Yeah. But I I still liked it as a movie. Hmm. Um. Uh. I don't really like watching World War II movies, but I do like watching World War II documentaries. And um, probably my favorite World War II documentary was something called World War II from Space. You can find it on YouTube if you just search that up. It, like, really goes in-depth about how the war was won from the military perspective. As well as from the production perspective a little bit. And it's... I think it was a really, it was a real, it, it's focused about America, because it's an American documentary. But it, I really, it really does depict World War II's key factors in military victory as well. Okay. So what do you, what is it, is it, does it have to do with space? Um, no, you basically get it from a perspective in space. You basically look, it's basically like you're looking at World War II from the space, from a perspective in space. Yeah, I think I really like it. I've watched it many times from when I was young to now. I, I really like the documentary. Every once in a while, I return to it and watch it again because I just like it a lot. Um, but uh, do you have any other questions? No, not not from. Uh, no, those are the only two I had. Um, yeah, I only got three. So um, yeah. Um, is that where you want to end it, or would you want to talk more? I I. If you have more, if we have more stuff to talk about, I don't, I don't have anything, any more questions or anything. Um, um, uh, I don't have anything to talk about, honestly. I, I got through everything I wanted to say. Same. Um, Alright, then, so I guess I'll end it there. Um, cool. Thank you for watching the uh, Nico's Thoughts podcast featuring my friend Kieran. Um, do you have any final remarks you want to say to the audience? I just hope everybody's um, staying safe. Um, keep your head up, and we'll get through it. Um, yeah, what he said. Thank you for watching. I'll see you. See you guys next time.